Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast. If you're already doing so, thank you, and tell your friends to do so as well. Besides nhte.net, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, as well as on Spotify and lots of other podcast platforms. There are links to Now Hear This Entertainment on at least a half dozen podcast apps at nhte.net. The show is on a whole bunch more, though, so don't worry if you don't see your favorite on there. Look for this show almost anywhere that you get podcasts. Joining me today on location from the Winter Nam Show in Anaheim, California, my guest is an actress, dancer, and singer who is from Massachusetts but currently living in Los Angeles. As a child, she was the titled character in the movie Curly Sue and has also been in other movies including Parenthood and Meet Dave. She has also had television roles on Pee Wee's Playhouse and Family Ties. More recently, she was the winner of Season 10 of The Voice, and last year she released her third album called Pink Cloud. You've been hearing a song of hers called Wild One. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Allison Porter. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for making time to be here. I appreciate it. Of course. Let's have you start off by telling the listeners about the song of yours that we were just playing called Wild One, especially since I was talking over it and they couldn't hear the lyrics. Wild One is, uh, I guess it's like the fun, kind of unapologetic... Um, freedom anthem of Pink Cloud. It's kind of like, this is me. This is who I am. I sometimes am inappropriate or, you know, um, or wild or, you know, whatever. But I'm proud of that. It's who I am and it's fun. It's carefree. It's, it creates such a, like, an open place to, get to know somebody when you're being your authentic self. So I think it's just kind of a song about that. Um, I wrote it in a bathroom in Nashville. Come on. Yeah. And sometimes, like, I was doing my makeup, and I was kind of just like, you know, I was in Nashville. I think I was just kind of, like, being hokey and weird and funny. And then I started singing um, the original lyric that I sang into the voice, and it was really funny. It's like... Well, you're cheating and you're lying and you're playing a fool and you're no 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 but baby you the wild one it's something like that you uh-huh. know just being funny and then it really turned into an actual song. But take us into that bathroom. So what you had your phone and you sang it into it. You started totally. writing it down. Yeah, what? I just kind of like I do a lot of that where just voice notes become songs. There might be just like one word or one idea or one mumble that turns into something that. I take to the band or I take to my producer and it becomes, you know, Wild One or Everybody Else I actually wrote, which is a song you're going to hear later. I wrote because there was a buzz on the plane. And it just kind of like sounded like a hymn in a, wow. in a church. And that's wow. how I wrote that song. So wow. I'm inspired a lot by sounds around me and and mumbling into my phone <laughs> and then sort of depicting di- what I mumble. So then Wild One, when you get that little idea in the bathroom in Nashville and you uh-huh. sing it into your phone, do you remember when 
you finally came back to it and developed it? Was oh, it- yeah, it was that day. Yeah, oh, wow. I mean, I was kind of, I think, searching for an idea to have in the room because I wrote Pink Cloud over a nine-day period of time in Nashville. I wrote eight of the ten songs in that nine-day period. Oh, my god! Yeah, it was kind of a weird just, um, I don't know, like... Sometimes I just get inspired and I knew I had a task that I really wanted to, I, want, I had a goal, I had a task, I'm, I was going to go be the taskmaster. And fortunately, I wrote with such incredible people that really knew me. And so it was easy to kind of turn the ideas around and really create a piece of work that I was proud of. Because I never would have put out eight of the, you know, the 10 songs. Normally I would write 40 and then pick. But yeah. everyone we wrote was exactly what I was trying to accomplish. Musically, artistically, whatever. Um, and so it just became this this thing that we felt really strongly was just this work of art that came out in those days. But was it just, you know, I was with a real talented group of people and we were on a roll or was it I had a limited amount of time and I knew I had to get it done? I mean, it could have been both, but I really do think that the people that I wrote with Stephanie Smith and Matt Rawlings, uh, Kylie Rothfield, who was also on The Voice, uh, Nolan Neal, who was also on The Voice, just people that, you know, I'm coming up with. And that really, you know, know me as a person um, and knew what I was trying to strive for musically. Because to me, it was really important that Pink Cloud was like a kind of an homage to like the 60s and 70s. And that it didn't really have a very specific genre, but it encompassed folk and country and rock and all the things that make me me. Um, So it was really important to me that it was a vibe more than anything. And I think because we wrote so quickly, we stayed within the vibe, which was really cool. And it just became kind of a series of songs that made sense together. Yeah. And listeners, I got to tell you, you have to go and watch the video for this song. It's a a fun (laughs) and sassy song. You know, I was talking over it. We didn't play the whole thing. So make sure you check out the song in its entirety. And even though you can do it through Spotify and Allison will get a fraction of a penny for you streaming it on Spotify. <laughs> yes, thank you. Look at the time and effort that she put into the video because oh, it's cool. a fun video to it watch. Is, and, right? it's a, and it's a it's fun so song. It's so funny. We didn't, uh, we, I was in my living room, actually. We just pushed the dining room table aside and put up a bunch of different psychs and kind of matched it with clothes and just made it fun and made it exactly what it is just see and i watched that video and i said okay i like what she's done here because i could tell and i'm mind you i'm saying this in a complimentary way okay i could tell that you didn't have to spend a lot of money to make it totally and yet it still looks good yeah and i thought she's got like i think five different outfits over uh-huh. the course of the video but she's probably doing green screen and then they're coming back and they're dropping in pink behind one, this color behind this one. No, this it's actually color. the actual color psychs. We actually hung okay. up different color okay. psychs and then matched the clothes. And Jen Rosenstein, who directed it and does a lot of my, um, most of my photography, is such a genius. She can make the most simple things just look iconic, legendary. Raw. I mean, she shot me at the Troubadour and you could literally like these pictures, it looks like are straight out of like 1968 Janice at the Troubadour, you know, just so epic. And she has an eye and she understands me in a way that's really cool. I think it's so important that you have collaborators that understand you as an artist and never question your ideas or what you want to do because you can get so easily swayed in so many directions. And at the end of the day, 
all you really need to be is yourself. And I think that's, you know, again, with songwriting and stuff, too, uh, I try to follow that more than anything. Well, and for your benefit, there are a lot of listeners of this show who are up-and-comers that are listening every week to learn from me and my guests. And there's a great lesson in that video, which is, like, don't think that, oh, I can't do a music video because I don't have the budget that it right. requires. You don't have to spend a lot of money, and you can still get a terrific-looking video like Allison got for <laughs> totally. the song that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, good lighting and a, and a kitschy idea takes you a long way, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, let's set the stage here. I've also been blessed to get listeners to this show from 152 countries around the world. So awesome. there are going to be people who are just meeting, quote-unquote, Allison Porter for the first time. So... Going back to the early days, when you were young, your mom danced, uh -huh. your dad was in a band, uh -huh. and then fill the listeners in on you became the youngest Star Search contestant to ever yes. win the competition. Yes, I was the youngest person to ever appear on Star Search. Um, the age limit was seven, and the talent coordinator saw me in a hotel lobby. My mom actually had twin dancers on the show that she was choreographing for. So the twins were on the show, and I went to L.A. with my mom. And in the hotel lobby, when I was... you say the age limit was seven, do you mean the max was seven or the minimum was seven? The, you couldn't be younger than seven. Okay. So I was five. Oh, my gosh. But I was singing. There was, a, there was a pianist in the hotel lobby, and I sang something with the pianist, and the talent coordinator happened to be there. And uh, that talent coordinator... Put me on Star Search, which I won five times and then lost in the finals. Um, but my mom actually met my stepdad while f through the talent coordinator as well. <laughs> and so we, you know, we moved to L.A. shortly after that. And he's, you know, my dad, still my dad to this day. So moved but, there from Massachusetts. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yep. Wow. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Listeners, if you've been with me for a while, thank you. Since the beginning of the year, you know that I've been talking about the overhaul that I did to the Patreon for this show. I announced it on the Instagram account for this show. Hopefully you get the weekly e-newsletter every Wednesday. And so what I did is you can now get bonus content that is ad-free only through that method and all for just five bucks a month. So Allison and I will be talking about even more over there. Plus there are already audio files up there from the last couple months worth of episodes. We started with, with the episode that came out on Christmas Day. So hit the show website, nhte.net, and then click on the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button for access and for more details. So, Allison, continuing on, then trace the roots from Star Search through Parenthood, Meet Dave, <laughs> and all the other TV and movie projects, oh including Curly Sue in 91 that you were involved in up to your teens. Um... So we moved to Los Angeles. I started doing movies, Parenthood, I Love You to Death. Um, Meet Dave came much later. I was actually only in that. I was in a chorus line on Broadway. So the wow. cast of a chorus line was actually in Meet Dave. Wow. So I, I, I wasn't technically in it as me or a, a character. I just was a he was like backstage at the show or something like that. No, wait a minute. So you were actually in a chorus line on Broadway? Exactly. Or for yes. the movie you were nope, in a chorus line? I was actually in a chorus line on wow. Broadway, the, wow. the revival. And then that that movie takes place like what age in the theater. I think it was like 25 or something. Oh, oh. Um, okay, okay. But then I moved back to L.A. Uh, and I kind of left the business, actually, for a while. I made a record um, called Who We Are with Matt Rawlings in 2011. 
Um, and then I had my daughter. So I have two kids. So I had threw some kids in the mix. Um, and let's see. I mean, you know, I mean, my, I guess my journey sort of goes like this. Three to five, I did commercials. Then Star Search happened. Then I did movies. Then I did Curly Sue, which was kind of my claim to fame. And then I sort of left the business completely and became a singer-songwriter. And that was my goal and sort of has always been my goal ever since with a couple of uh, musicals sort of thrown in there and a couple of bands and <laughs> but even even when you were in high school though uh-huh you were that's when you were doing all the professional acting stuff yeah you were still involved no in high no not in high school in in high school i was in high school you were involved in productions though yes i was i was very involved in in theater in my high school theater program which was incredible um but all musical theater no movies or anything like that i had left the business completely around like 13 probably till I went on The How Voice, to be honest. How funny does that sound? I left the business at 13. I know. Which, which I mean, I had work, been working for, you know, a decade. I was tired. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. Oh my. But you know what else is funny is you just said, oh, I don't know. I think it was like 2011 or something like that. And your knee-jerk reaction nowadays is, oh, that doesn't sound like that long ago. And you look at the calendar and you go, holy crap, well, yeah, we're in 2020. That's nine yep. years ago now. Yep. Like yes. time flies, you know? Exactly. Wow. Wow. Well, before we get too much further, I do want to make sure that I thank the good people at TaskCam. It's a large part of how Allison and I are able to be recording. In between Allison and I, there's the TaskCam DR44WL sitting here in between us. Now, it does have built-in microphones on it, so if you're going to use it for song ideas or something, you can obviously just sing right into it. I tend to feel that you have a little bit more control over the audio if you use external microphones. So we have our Tascam TM60 microphones, which are using XLR cables to connect to it. And then I have my Tascam headphones plugged into it as well. And of course, Tascam has much, much, much more gear, all kinds of recording solutions for the home hobbyist, for independent artists, for professional touring musicians. Here at the Winter NAM show, they have an enormous, I don't even want to call it booth because it's selling it short but an enormous display of all the different things that they have. This episode is coming out far after NAM is going to be over. And so those of you that weren't here that aren't able to see these things in person, you can look on their website, TaskCam.com, and see all the different recording solutions they have for independent artists, for home hobbyists, for recording and touring pros. T-A-S-C-A-M.com. Take a look and see everything they have. I always suggest that you consider recording your live shows, especially if you're hurting for new material to put out. TaskCam has a solution for that, too. So, Allison, high school is over. You say, I'm moving to New York, where uh-huh. you're in a number of musicals, including uh-huh. The Ten Commandments. Yep, that was in L.A., but Bell yes. Kilmer and yeah. Adam Lambert. <laughs> yes. You mentioned a chorus line. So... We've talked about Massachusetts and L.A. briefly, but but what was living in New York like? Um, For me, usually hell. (laughs) I don't operate very well. I tried to do Broadway twice, uh, once when I was 18 and once when I was 25 or 6, and both times I failed miserably at the lifestyle, the New York lifestyle, and just that the rat race and doing the same show every day. And I was really craving both times to be making my own music and being in a band or, you know, performing or singing live. And so um, when I came back from doing a chorus line and I moved back to L.A., I was like, okay, that's it for me. I know I can't live in New York City. Um, And I really focused on songwriting, singing, 
and sort of swore off singing shows until somebody came a knocking and said, hey, by the way, I gave the voice your number. Uh, my friend, you know, my friend is the casting director and there you go. The rest but is so, history. So clearly there was never a doubt that your entire absolutely life that no. you were going to be no, in the entertainment not. business in some capacity. Singing, dancing, acting, songwriting. Not really. No. I mean, I always knew there was, you know, I, I, I always did a lot of different things. But deep down, I think I always knew that I really only wanted to be doing music. Uh, okay. um, and it took a long time. Like when you're a kid actor, I think you spend a lot of time in your um, young adulthood being like, well, I should be or I could be that. But you forget that you're growing and you have totally different dreams and aspirations as an adult. Um, and I think that it was uh, just always very apparent to me when I tried to go like back into acting or something that and I was like, oh, I just don't like this. I just don't want to do this or Broadway. Oh, I like it, but oh, no. And I love performing. But and then every time I would write a song and record it or play it on stage, it was like, oh, my God, you know, such a breath of fresh air. Yeah, this is where I'm supposed yeah, to be. So I just I, I finally like I think I just decided probably, you know, in my mid 20s that. I was like, okay, like enough is enough. Started a band uh, with Ilse Juber and Jordan Lawhead and L King actually was in the band with us for a while. We were managed by Randy Jackson. We put out a record as the Canyons. Wow. Um, so we have that really beautiful, amazing album that I made with those guys. And Ilse, Ilse uh, has gone on to be, you know, an insanely successful songwriter and Jordan's in Nashville and I'm doing my thing here. So uh, that was really the, the the jumping point for me in the music industry and my first publishing deal. And yeah, it sounds like you're saying that, and this is going to sound strange, but it sounds like when you were a kid actor, you were acting. Right. It's like, well, yeah, that's what an actor does, but it's like, no, you weren't actually being like who Alison Porter was meant to be. It's totally. like I'm forcing myself to act, but when I sing and when I song, right, I'm not forcing myself. It just comes. Well, naturally. yeah, and I mean, it all started from that anyway, you know. So five years old I already knew what I wanted to be doing and then I sort of tried everything and came right back to, but so, to square one so were were you put into acting lessons were you put no, into I dance actually lessons really, no I mean my grandmother had a dance studio for 60 years and my mom was a dance teacher so uh, dance okay. be, was something that I did my whole life just you know in my family and it was easy, easily accessible and it was just okay. something I was good at and it was like my sport but um, but yeah I don't know. I just think for me, it's it's always been music since since the jump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it okay if we get a little serious for a minute? Do oh, you, sure. Do you, do you mind talking a little bit about your battle with alcoholism? Was that was that during your time in New York? Oh yeah. And and how did you deal with that? Well, I got help, which is wonderful. If you are struggling and you need help, um, asking is always really great. Uh, I was, I had the right people around me and I just knew that I was living a life that I, I wasn't proud of and that I, it was, I was stuck, you know, I was sort of stuck in this place. I didn't want to be in this job that I was really grateful for, but I was also miserable because it wasn't me and it wasn't what I wanted to be doing. And I'm, I'm, I love musical theater. I love to see it and I love to perform it, but I'm not it. Um, I'm a, a rocker country girl from, I don't know why, but that's just, you know, it's what I am. So. I think I was just sort of stuck in the wrong thing and maybe with the wrong relationship. And it was just a series of events. And I knew that I needed to change my life. And I did that. And uh, I sort of never looked back. I've only looked forward since then. And it's hard and it's a struggle sometimes. Um, 
you know, obviously this business can bring up a shitload. I don't know if I can swear. Sorry. <laughs> of of um, insecurities and struggles and hardships. But at the end of the day, you learn how to deal with it. You learn how to deal with life and you realize you don't have to get loaded to to uh, to exist. So that's pretty cool to remember life and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> enjoy and I, it. And I want to tell the listeners that there's an episode of Now Hear This Entertainment that I did one time that really should get more attention. People need to be aware of and go back and listen to. And that is that I interviewed someone who is with the Music Cares program that the Recording Academy puts out. You need to go back and listen to that because if you struggle with alcoholism, if you struggle with financial challenges, if there's things in your life that as a musician, as someone in the music industry, you need professional help with, they will get you that help. So Definitely. I'm going to put a link to that episode from the show page for Allison's episode on NHTE.net. Go back and listen to that and learn about Music Cares and what they can do. And if you need some sort of help, and it doesn't have to be as extreme as alcoholism, it might be that you're struggling to pay your bills. It might be something different, but go back and listen to what they talk about. And now, please don't misunderstand these at all. There's no connection whatsoever. I just don't want to forget to mention another episode. But at this very NAM show... Three years ago, in January of 2017, I interviewed Aileen Quinn, who now has Aileen Quinn and the Leaping Lizards, and she was Annie in right. the 1982 movie uh-huh. Annie. Uh-huh. And so now here I am talking with someone who, <laughs> same thing. You know, there's this recurring theme that I've started to notice with different people where um, it's like on episode 310, I interviewed Joey Stuckey. He's out of Macon, Georgia. He's blind. He's mm-hmm. been blind since a brain tumor as an infant. And award-winning guitar player. He's also a composer, singer, songwriter, sound engineer. And the point we were making was, and you'll see where I'm going with this, you know, like, don't think of him as the blind guy. It's like, yeah, I mean, if that's what leads you to go, oh, I'll have to check out his music. Perfect. It's about his music. Just like Justin Johnson, who I interviewed last summer when I was in Nashville, He's a guy that, you know, the shovels that you use to turn dirt in your backyard, he's, a, he's able to make guitars out of those. Oh, wow. And so the point was, like, don't think of him as the shovel guitar guy. Let that be what got you to him. And with Allison, don't think of Allison as the child actress. Don't think of her as Curly right. Sue. Right, right. Let that be the bridge to get you in to understand and listen to her music and see what she's doing now. Totally. And then support all that, just like with Aileen Quinn and everybody else that's been on this show. So here's how things went, listeners. So... You've been sober since October 2007, mm-hmm. and then two years later, in October 2009, your independent debut album, Allison Porter, was yes. released. Yeah, that was a, just a series of demos that I was like, I don't know what was ever going to happen with these songs, so I'm just going to put it out. Wow. And that was like a lot of ex- exploration and early songwriting and, um, yeah, just kind of like, okay, so did you Did you do the whole project yourself? Or? Yeah, it was, it was really just a bunch of demos I had done with my writing partner and my producer at the time. Uh, two guys that were in my band, the Allison Porter Project, and we just had been writing for a year, two years, and it was just a collection of songs that we, I just said, I'm going to put these out. And, you know, it was like before Spotify, before it was like CD Baby, I think. I was yeah. like, screw it. Here, take, here's a picture. Here's some, <laughs> here's some word, whatever. Here. Just, and it was the first time I ever released anything. So that was really cool to release music. And then, you know, it's just a learning process from then until now. I mean, gosh, there's so much has changed. So and in the how. industry and just for me. But was, was that you sort of saying, like, okay, here we go. I've been sober for two years. Like, music is where I'm headed. Like, this is the start. Like, now I'm turning the corner. Here we go. I'm putting this, this stuff yeah, out sure. there. Yeah, sure. I mean, and- I've just been writing for so long. I had all these songs that I felt should have, a, you know, 
people should hear and should have a life and yeah yeah cool cool well so i want to go back to something that you kind of glossed over quickly because okay. because this sounds like a cool story so I, i'm correct then my understanding was that a friend submitted you for consideration yes. on yeah, the Jamie, voice actually who that's... made all those songs with me those original ah, alison porter okay. debut album songs he had a, his wedding photographer's girlfriend was the casting director of The Voice, and he... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Me and the <laughs> listeners need to... Yes, need to, go slow. Wait a minute. His, his, his wedding, wedding photographer's, photographer's girlfriend, girlfriend, who had come on their wedding shoot and helped out, was the casting director of The Voice. And she said, well, do you know anybody? You know, because he's a musician. Do you know anybody? And he immediately said me. I was, you know, married with two young children, babies. I had just had, well, yeah, I had like a, a three-year-old and a two-year-old, almost two-year-old. Um, and I said, yeah, well, I don't know if that's going to, you know, that's going to fly or that, if I'm, you know, in, the, in a place in my life to leave. Um, so where were you living at the time? In L.A. And lo and behold, I got the call. Hey, you want to come to the audition? You want to come to the producer call? You well, was, wanna... that, was the audition in L.A.? Yep. Yep. And I went. I got through the first round. I got through the second round and I made it to the to the lie or to the blind auditions. And you're like, crap, I guess I'm doing this. And then after that, it was like, <laughs> OK, well, now this is happening because, you know, it was a good blind audition. And yeah, I mean, it was sort of a whiplash from that time on. Yeah, I was like, well, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do this with having two little ones. But now I'm going to have to figure out a way to do it. Yep, exactly. Wow. Wow. Listeners, I am joined today live on location at the Winter NAM Show in Anaheim, California, by singer Allison Porter. Check her out online at allisonporter.com. And note, by the way, that her first name is spelled A-L-I-S-A-N. I will also put a link to her website on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. And once you land on allisonporter.com, you will find links to engage with her on social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Plus, there are links there as well for her original music. Yes, you can follow her on Spotify, but support Allison by purchasing downloads of her music from the likes of Apple Music, which is iTunes, or get it from Amazon. Keep up with her online also so you can get updates on when and where you can see her perform live and anything else that she has in the works. I mentioned earlier about the Patreon for this show and bonus content that she and I will be recording after we finish this interview. Check out the bonus audio, which is ad-free, by going to the show website, nhte.net, and hit the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button. It's only 5 bucks a month. And don't forget that one other way you can support this show is through your regular, everyday purchases on Amazon. It's no extra cost to you, so you're able to support NHTE without taking extra money out of your pocket. Just go to the show website, nhte.net, scroll down to the tall Amazon banner, and then once you click on that, it will open their shopping app if you're on your phone, or it'll open their website if you're on your computer. Either way, at the end of the transaction, they will kick back a small percentage of the sale to me, which helps with the expenses that I have for putting out a new episode of this show every week. And by the way, I do not even see what you bought. So thank you for your support of the show through the exclusive ad-free bonus audio on Patreon or by starting your online shopping through my Amazon banner. 
So, listeners, after 315 episodes of this show, including 15 participants from The Voice, it's exciting <laughs> to finally be interviewing a winner Ooh. of that show. So, no Allison, <laughs> you won season 10, which yes. included Mary Sarah. She, yes. was, she was on episode 135 of my show. I love her. So, congratulations Thank on you. that. Just tell the listeners what that voice experience was like because, you know, I do think of the listeners who are independent artists that listen to the show Mm because they want to learn from me and my guests. And I think that there's this feeling out there in that community that, well, if you win The Voice, then there's instant success. Oh, is there still? (laughs) I think people have caught on that that's not the case. Um, And it's been talked about openly by even the coaches. So... Yeah, no, that's not the case at all. Um, It's a wonderful way to gain uh, an amazing fan base. It's an amazing way to truly kind of figure out who you want to be as an artist, um, which I would highly suggest you knowing before you go on the show. Um, It's a really great way to explore or to have experiences in performing that you may never have again um, and be able to create these incredible moments for yourself and um but afterwards it's definitely uh there is no blueprint for what to do next because you know every voice winner is very different whether you're a country guy or you're a soul singer girl or whatever it is very specific usually to the winner and sometimes unfortunately um the follow-through from the label isn't what it needs to be, um, in my opinion. So the, the blame really isn't on the voice. It's on what happens after. And that they haven't really figured out the best way to catapult um, talent from the show. Because I think the show is really about the coaches. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't support the artist quite the way that it should but if you know what you're doing and if you have a great team behind you in place and if you can find even one person to book you enough shows after you win and get you enough one-offs and gigs playing benefits or whatever it is then you can make some money and you can put that towards your project and you can become an independent artist with a great fan base and play some incredible shows and build your career. The hard part about that is that you're sort of existing on this very high level of success during the show and then after that you have to go to work, which for some people I think is difficult, but I think for me I sort of knew that going in i i i know the business enough to know that there's no easy way in or out um so i'm really pleased with the fact that i chose to do it independently instead and make my own music and not try to fit myself into a box that i did not want to be in just because there was a potential major label deal well there was one i just decided i didn't want it (laughs) um because it wasn't for me, and it, and, and it wasn't going to be what I was as an artist. And I was too far along in my career to make that something that I was going to do at that, at that time. I knew what I wanted to do, and I did it w- with Pink Cloud. I did it with Who We Are before I even went on The Voice. 
And then I knew exactly what I wanted to do once Pink Cloud came out. So there's two follow-up questions. Hopefully I can remember them both. Okay. One is you started to say something that I wondered was the fact that you had all these years in the business behind you from acting and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Was that, I don't want to say a leg up, but just for you personally, did, did you feel that, that I you I think were the advantaged? only leg up, the only advantage was that I knew when, when people thought we were done working that we weren't done working. Okay, so it didn't necessarily help you on the show. Mm, I just, mean... I'm a seasoned per- performer. I've been yeah. on Broadway. I've yeah. performed eight shows a week and sang my ass off multiple times a night. So maybe I have a little more resilience, or a little, but no. I mean, not more than Mary Sarah, who's who was on tour with Kids Bop and knows every country song and can play it and sing it. I mean, no. I mean, my my season in particular was insanely talented. I mean, really, from Paxton, Adam Wakefield, Mary Sarah, me, Kata Hay, like uh, Hannah Houston, even Laith Alsadi, super talents. So maybe you know? the better way to say it is of all the voice winners, you were probably more prepared for the after the voice because of your... I don't know. Maybe. But then you look at somebody like Jordan Smith, who's just so nicely just sort of floated into his role as, you know, in place in the industry and just incredible, incredible performer. And just you felt like he had done it his whole life, too. So I think it's just a mindset. And I think for... I was just prepared to work really hard plus I had just had two children so this was like a very nice vacation from raising Ah, two under two at home you know well so the other follow up question was going to be when you started into the answer and you were saying you know oh my gosh really there's still people out there that think that this can you know launch you into blah 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 Well, it it can it totally can but so my question was going to be that when you went into it and you were on the show, what was your own mindset of like, hey, if I win this thing, or was it just like, eh, I'm going to see what happens? Or I what? think my mindset was, I'm here. I've left my children and the person I was married to at the time at home. Uh, there's got to be a reason that whatever you believe in God or the universe has put this in my lap. Um there are a lot of mothers who think that once they have children, their careers or their lives are over. And I might have been probably one of them for a while. And as soon as I opened my mouth in my blind audition, I was like, oh, I forgot who I <laughs> was. Like, I forgot that wow. I'm like, this is what I do. And this is what fuels everything I do in my life. And what kind of mom am I going to be if I don't have this to show my children that this is my passion and this is my work and this is what mommy gets to go do. And, um, and you can do something that you love also. And so I started to kind of change my mindset and that became, my kids actually became the driving force behind why I was there and what, what I was going to do there. And I think once that happened, I was like, I'm going to win this. I'm going to, I'm going to go for this. I'm doing this. Like I'm here. I'm, I'm, I've left all I've sacrificed all this stuff. I'm going to win. Yeah, and but, it, you know, but none of what you just said was I'm going to win so that I could X, Y, Z. It's like, no, I'm doing this for my no, kids. I was, and I, yeah. I sacrificed yeah, and I'm not I, looking at what the prize is for the show. Yeah, I mean, of course I wanted to win and then succeed in the industry, but I feel I've done that in my own way. And, uh, and I've done it in my own on my own terms, 
And I think as a female in the industry, um, there's a lot of pushback, especially at my age, because I'm not 20. Um, and I wasn't really trying to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, let's go back to talking about your album, Pink Cloud. Okay. So you've got three albums out and there's an interview that you did where you said my favorite albums are the ones I can listen to all the way through like Carol King's Tapestry or Joni Mitchell's Blue or even Casey Musgrave's Golden Hour it seems to me this is me Bruce talking now it seems to me that you have accomplished that with Pink Cloud thank you so the listeners will definitely want to find out for themselves but just spend some time talking about creating the Pink Cloud album I mean, I literally went to Nashville on blind faith. Just, I called Matt Rawlings and I said, I want to make a record with you again. Because we made who we are together. And I'm coming to Nashville. Can you block off nine days, ten days for me? Can we sit in a room and see what happens? And we landed. I was with my boyfriend and we were in the Uber we went to have our favorite Nashville tacos, which sounds really weird, but Nashville has some of the best tacos. <laughs> and I looked out the window and there was this insane pink cloud. And I was like, hmm, okay. I was like, there's something you always notice. There's something that is like something that isn't talked about that much. That's a good song. I took a picture of it. It's a good song. And I went into my first session in the, of the nine days and that's what we wrote pink cloud. And I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this genre is. I don't know what this song is. It's like a weird, trippy, acid trip, 70s. What, I don't know what's happening here, but I just went with it. And the only other song I had already written was Never Could, um, which I wrote with two former voice contestants. And that's more of like a country vibe. So Pink Cloud kind of leaned more towards folk. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make art. There is no genre on this Casey Musgraves record. I mean, it could be anything. It could be there's pop, there's folk, there's country, there's... That's me. And if I'm being honest, I wanted to make a record with diversity. I wanted to make a record that had highs and lows because I was going through a divorce and, uh, you know, hard times and... I had fallen in love and I was going through that while I, you know, saying goodbye to one relationship and, you know, falling in love with somebody else who is, you know, just. So you wanted to make something real. And we were actually listening to the record on the way here. My boyfriend was driving. I'm like, wow, what a nice love letter to you, buddy. Like, <laughs> you know, but really, I mean, it is, it's a, it's an album about Pink Cloud, you know is is a, a fly, flying away from anything bad, everything negative in your life and wanting to just exist in positivity while then into Wild One, which is this freedom anthem, into, you know, you feel like a drug, which is this, you know, hypersensitive, love, loving, uh, new relationship, you know, kind of buzz. And, you know, and then into the fear of that it's going to go away with what if I wake up and then holding on to yourself in Speed Racer. And then, you know, what am I missing? Um, 
gone in a flash, which is, you know, driving down the road with your new man and just in, in like, such happiness and freedom and, and then, you know, just grounding yourself and everybody else. And then the way you roll is just fun. And so it's, you know, it, it, it was the journey of what I was going through at the time. Yeah, and the thing is that you already said that your debut album was just basically a collection of songs that you had that you said, these right. got to see the light of day. I mean, mind you, listeners, this is please, much more specific. Please, check out, <laughs> please check out Allison's full body of work. I mean, the fir- her first two albums were good, but I mean, they pale in comparison to Thank Pink you. Cloud because, you know, the songwriting, the maturity, the sound quality, I mean... Pink Cloud, I mean, it, it, it tells a story, you yeah. know, whereas the other two were, you know, a collection of songs. Totally. I um, agree completely. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, hats off to you because you. to have that kind of, you know, I saw this Pink Cloud and all of a sudden, like, holy cow, nine days later, we've got a whole <laughs> album here. Totally. And, and it was like, everything was a yes, no matter what. It was like, there was no, nothing was off the table. You could just try anything. And I think when you have that kind of openness... And you're not just trying to write. I mean, I've done a lot of sessions where it's like, we're just trying to write the hit. We're just trying to write the hook. Right. We're just they're trying writing, to write the... We're writing for the radio. Yeah. And Nashville. this was yeah. just not that. And I was really happy about that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listeners, let me give Allison a chance to catch her breath after that wonderful story. And also let me tell you about the Access Vegas newsletter. In case you never heard me talk about it, you can get it in your email inbox. And specifically for my listeners, they will give you $5 off for signing up when you use the promo code Bruce at sign up. To get there, you go to nhte.net and then you click on the Access Vegas logo and that will take you over to their site. And then during sign up, put in the code Bruce to get $5 off. Now you're saying, well, what is the Access Vegas newsletter? Well, you're going to have 60 days to check it out. And if you don't like it, they have a money back guarantee. But guess what? You're not going to want your money back for two reasons. Number one, or three reasons. Number one is there's a lot of great stuff in there. Number two is it's probably going to take you 60 days to go through it all because there's a ton of great stuff in there. And number three is less than 10 people last year asked for their money back. They have all kinds of information. Even if you're not planning a trip to Las Vegas, you're still going to want to read this thing anyways because that city is always changing. And when you are finally ready to go there, you want to be caught up so that you know all the ins and outs. They give you insider tips. They give you all kinds of great information so that the money that you save will be what basically pays for your Access Vegas membership and then some. So go to nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, put in the code Bruce and get $5 off at sign up. Allison, uh, what about NAM? You performed on the Grand Plaza. Uh-huh. Uh, is this your first NAM show, by yeah, the way? Yeah, it is, actually. Wow. I've heard about it, obviously, for years, and people, I just have never, uh, have never been, so this is a trip. Now, performing on the Grand Plaza, uh, uh-huh. when someone comes to see Allison Porter perform, who's on stage? Well, for this show, it was full band, which means I have three backup singers. Wow. A drum, bass, and two guitars, and me. Or sometimes it's a guitar and a, and a keyboard. But uh, in this case, we did... Yeah, for, for me, the, the singers really make the show. Wh- whether it's me, you know, sometimes it's just me and a, and a singer and a, you know, guitar player. And then sometimes I get the pleasure of playing with the full band. And, and I mean, this record is very background heavy. Uh, I made, you know, I... I made all the backgrounds myself and and arranged all of them and created all of them so to hear them sung and be able to play the record like that is just so fun and was it a good time out there oh yeah always 
Anytime I get to play music, it's a good time. Have you had a chance to walk the show yet? Yeah, it's starting to and going to go upstairs in a little bit and try to get my in-ears fixed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to close today with another song of yours, one called Everybody Else. So before you and I record the exclusive bonus content for Patreon, tell the listeners all about your song called Everybody Else. Oh, I love the song so much. Um, honestly, it's just kind of like a... I like to have like a little hymn or a prayer on every album. Who We Are starts with a song called Hold Me, which is uh, Ty Taylor features on from Vintage Trouble. He's insane. Um, and this one, just like I said, it was the buzz of the airplane. And I just started with the melody. And and it's a song just about existing and being on this planet and just trying to be here like everybody else and, and wanting to be protected and wanting the kids to be protected and wanting everybody to just sort of be in this place of love and peace and and not, you know, just craziness and comparisons and social media and all the things. It's just a really a song about existence and, and being grateful to just exist here and be alive and be able to have made that record and have these kids and, how you know. Cool, how cool is it to be blessed with the talent where you could be sitting on an airplane and hear the same <laughs> buzz that everybody else on the plane probably hears, <laughs> but to you, you hear it as, hold on a second I, yep, here. I, I hear the melody. Idea. I know it happens with the blow dryer. That's probably <laughs> where Wild One came from. I'm serious. It just takes that buzz and I'm, I'm ready to write. Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's a good awesome. thing because I suck at playing most instruments, so... <laughs> Oh, this has been so much fun. Thank you yeah. for making time. It's great of to meet course, you. Of course, of course. I appreciate you too. it. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer Allison Porter. Be sure to head over to AllisonPorter.com. And as I said before, you'll want to note that it's spelled A L I S A N. I will also put a link to her website from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. And then once you land on AllisonPorter.com, you can see all the social media platforms that she's on so you can engage with her. So be sure to like her Facebook page, follow her on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe to Allison's YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Remember that while you can follow Allison on Spotify, the better way to support her is by purchasing downloads of her music. You will see links on AllisonPorter.com for iTunes and Amazon. Remember also that you'll want to keep up with her online for any announcements about upcoming performances, as well as news on any other projects of hers. Don't forget that Allison and I will have some extra conversation over in the bonus content that's only available exclusively through Patreon. There's already similar audio up there already from each of the last two months' guests. It's only 5 bucks a month, and it's ad-free, and that's the only place you can get it. Go to the show website, nhte.net, hit the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button, and that will take you to where you can gain access to the exclusive content. Remember also about scrolling down on nhte.net to the tall Amazon banner to start all your shopping through them that way so that they can kick back a small percentage of the sale to help me with all the expenses I have for doing this show every week for what was six years now as of last week. For now, that will do it for episode 316. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Allison Porter. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Everybody Else. I've gone too many times Down into the darkness This world seems to tell me I can't be who I am There's dreams in the dark It's all I light a candle I'm not trying to throw it in Just
be with everybody Everybody. 